The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Rachel Miller-Howard. On today's show, we bring you a conversation with Peter Bellotta, who's the executive director of Chamber Music Northwest. This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm in the studio with Peter Bellotta, who's executive director for Chamber Music Northwest. How are you doing? Very well. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I don't think there's a Chamber Music show on X-Ray FM. Uh, I can't see if there is or not, but <laughs> yeah, we could work on that. Let's let's uh, let's start with the, uh, how do you define chamber music? Oh, it can be defined so many ways. You know, I I call chamber music any kind of collaborative music played by musicians, no conductor, um, on traditional instruments, and it can be anywhere from you know good old Mozart and Beethoven that everyone thinks of as classical music to jazz. Jazz is considered chamber music now. That opens up the genre quite a bit. It does. And we play everything from Beethoven and Mozart to contemporary works, world premieres that we've commissioned, works that are influenced by jazz, by blues, even klezmer. So, so what what is the appeal? I mean, I think I think when I hear chamber music, I, I think of something uh, a bit more stodgy, to to use a word for it. Or... I like to call it musty. Yeah. <laughs> and and how do you how do you convince someone who's like I only listen to Metallica? All we have to do is we have to get uh, someone in a concert sitting close to the musicians, seeing the interaction between them and feeling the energy and the excitement in the room. And it pretty well converts people really quickly. And and, and so I, I want to keep on this a little bit. So uh, you, you're saying jazz and you're saying interaction between the musicians, but at the same time I'm hearing sheet music. So where where does that interaction or that improv play into chamber music? Is that a, an important element? It's a really important element of it because when you think of orchestral music or even a lot of uh, more formal music, you have a conductor, you have sheet music that you follow, and that's what you play. But in a chamber ensemble, like a jazz ensemble, there's a lot of collaboration. The musicians look to each other for guidance and what are you going to do here? How fast should we go? Well, let's try it this way. So there's constant improv and interpretation in the music that really makes every time you hear it more interesting and more exciting. When is the lute going to break out and have his solo? Boy, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, you know, I like to compare it to uh, these musicians are like a high wire artist walking on the edge on the wire and they're taking chances the entire time that they're playing, pushing the envelope. And it's exciting in part because you're not quite sure are they going to pull this off? Are they going to fail? Uh, is it going to work? And, and, and you said uh, the way to get people engaged with chamber music is to, is to be at a, a live concert. And Chamber Music Northwest, 100 events a year. Yes. That's mm -hmm. a very brisk schedule. It is. And it's everything from main stage concerts to we do less traditional concerts in places like the Alberta Rose Theater or even education and community activities out in the community. Favorite venue? 
Oh, my favorite venue is Alberta Rose. It sounds great. It's casual. It's a fun neighborhood establishment. And it attracts people not just from our traditional audience, but from the neighborhood. Um, and, and you can drink beer. And you can drink beer and have a hand pie. And have, <laughs> yes, and have a hand pie. Um, and you also, there, there are, you've just wrapped up a summer series, is that correct? There, you, we did. Uh, we're actually one of the largest chamber music uh, summer festivals in the nation. And we do, over the course of five weeks, about oh, 40 to 45 concerts and another 60 education and outreach activities throughout the community. And I saw that two of the, I don't know if I can call them primary venues, are, are, are the Portland State Lawns and the Reed College Lawns? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually, they're indoor concerts. So we'll oh, okay. do casual picnics beforehand, but then the concerts are in Lincoln Hall and Call Auditorium at Reed. Now, now is there a difference uh, between the east side and the west side audiences? You know, a little bit, but they're largely the same. And if you if you could really consider uh, Portland State West Side, it's downtown. I was looking forward to some uh, chamber music trash talking. Um, but so there's concerts, but also developing future musicians and interests. Can you talk about the the protege program? Sure. The protege project we started about eight or nine years ago now, and we realized that just like uh, any other musical or artistic field, you have to mentor and bring along young artists so they can establish establish themselves in a career. So we started bringing about a dozen to 15 young musicians in conservatory to Portland every summer to play along with our international artists that are here. So they perform not only out in the community and they do a lot of education activities, but they actually perform in the main stage concerts. So they're playing alongside uh, Grammy award winning and Pulitzer Prize winning performers when they're here with us and, and gain a lot of experience because of that. And when you, when you say young musicians, are we talking about uh, middle school or high schoolers? Are we talking about early 20s? These are usually early 20s to around 30 years old because they've been through college and graduate school and are often in conservatory. And 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 the musicians that play with Chamber Music Northwest, are, thi is this, uh, are these career musicians? Who is part of the ensemble? Well, our, our musicians throughout the year, you would look to as some of the greatest chamber music and classical mu music musicians in the world. And one week this summer is a perfect example of that. We had the Harlem String Quartet here, along with the Imani Winds, who are a wind quintet, and the Canary Saxophone Quartet. A saxophone quartet, what the heck is that? And we put them together to perform pieces throughout the week that included everything from classical music to an awesome evening that was a passion for Bach and Coltrane. That imagine what would happen if Bach met John Coltrane because their music is very similar in structure. And it was uh, accompanied by spoken word by A.B. Spellman, who's a leading uh, African-American scholar and poet. That's a lot going on. It was great. Uh, can you give some adjectives to describe how that, what that evening was like? That evening was revelatory, dynamic, passionate, uh, exciting, interesting, and completely unexpected. And, and you think that Bach and Coltrane would have been uh, friends? Would they have been rivals? How would, have you, how would you imagine their relationship? Well, the way this plays it out is if they were friends and almost pen pals and writing back and forth about their inspiration. And I think they probably would have gotten along pretty well. Peter Balata is the executive director for Chamber Music Northwest. You brought in some music for us to listen to. Yes, I did. 
Maurice Ravel, String Quartet. He only wrote one. A lot of people think String Quartet, that's classical music. Well, Ravel wrote this early 20th century, and even if it's played today, it's incredibly dynamic, very contemporary, very modern. And depending on who plays it, it's an incredibly thrilling experience, too. Let's take a listen.
This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I am in the studio with Peter Balata, who is Executive Director for Chamber Music Northwest. How did you've you've been with the organization for five years? Is that correct? That's right, five years. What what brought you there? Are you coming to this from an administrative standpoint or from a musical standpoint? I came to it. Uh, I'm an administrator, but I came to it from a musical standpoint, and it's because over the course of my career, I've discovered theater. I worked in theater for a while. I discovered opera. Worked in opera for a while, and then chamber music was very accidental. It's the kind of thing where friends took us to a chamber music performance, and I had the same thought: this is going to be boring, musty, and it was absolutely thrilling. So I fell in love with it and over the years have become more and more passionate about it. So I ended up coming to Chamber Music Northwest because I love the music first of all. Do you play any musical instruments? I don't and (laughs) I think that's a great benefit because uh, most people that run musical organizations whether jazz or a rock band or uh, an orchestra they're trained musicians. I'm a music lover so my passion for the music comes from the same experience that the audience has when they're listening to it. I'm going to ask what's going to sound like an interview question or like a job interview question, but if you were a musical instrument, which one would you be? Boy, I'd be a trumpet. I played a <laughs> trumpet in uh, in high school and middle school. It's loud, it's brassy, and it has a lot to say. All right. And, and so now under your uh, tenure, you've grown... Uh, Chamber Music Northwest to a year-round concert series. That's right. Uh, what have been the the demands and the challenges of that? I think the biggest challenges are making sure that uh, whatever we're doing throughout the year, whether our summer festival or the concerts that we're doing from September through April, have some kind of connection to the community. It's great to play a concert and have people come and they applaud at the end and the whole bit. But if it doesn't have relevance and connection with our educational system or with people throughout our community, it really doesn't resonate that much. So with each of the things that we're doing, we try to make sure that we're doing something with young people and something free in the community as well so that the music that we're creating is shared with everyone. Yeah, and, and, and uh, those seem to be some themes of uh, accessibility and relevance. Uh, and it, it sounds also, as it, correct me if I'm wrong, that Chamber Music Northwest is working more on offering what you guys have called or what I believe is called a contemporary music series. Yes, definitely. Uh, because music isn't just a static thing. It has to evolve and grow over time, and it has to be relevant in people's lives. So we've become leading commissioners of new music as well. Uh, with a heavy emphasis in world music and jazz and how it can connect with classical music. And each year we will uh, commission about uh, six to eight new pieces of music that we have composers write for us. And we also perform another 20 or 30 contemporary works that are written by living composers. What are some of those works that, that were commissioned uh, in the last year or so? And, and where, more specifically, where are they coming from? Oh, they're coming from all over the place. Um, there is a composer here in Portland, David Schiff, that does a lot of work uh, related to jazz, incorporated and fused with classical music. So we do a lot of work with David. This summer we had J.P. Redmond, who was a 19-year-old composer, uh, who created a couple of new pieces of music for us that were incredibly dynamic and sometimes very well-known composers like Richard Daniel Poor, um, who does a lot of work in classical, uh, fused with klezmer, klezmer and even Persian music. Sounds like that would be pretty lively. It is. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your background. You, you were with the Cincinnati Playhouse uh, in the park. 
Uh, you were at the Children's uh, Theater Company of Minneapolis. Let's play the comparison game. Cincinnati, Minneapolis, Portland. What is what? How does Portland play into that in terms of uh, funding and then in terms of audiences? Boy, people in Portland and Oregon in general are really involved in the arts. We have one of the highest art-going uh, percentages in our population of any city in the country or any state in the nation. Uh, it can be really challenging, though, because in Minneapolis, in Cincinnati, in Boston, and a lot of other arts communities, there's a very long and deep tradition of funding the arts in a major way from individuals, foundations, corporations. In Portland, it's a much more grassroots effort. So we have the same number and diversity and variety of arts organizations in Portland, a great commitment to the arts, but funds are hard to come by. And now, now you've been uh, with Chamber Music Northwest for, for five years and obviously have started to build some relationships. Um, do you, are you optimistic about uh, that, that uh, art support, uh, that, that type of support changing? What are some of your insights? I think it's always going to be a challenge. And in part, it's going to be a challenge because we have to be continually pushing the envelope. So Portland, as a community, and I think an arts community as well, has a reputation for being very innovative, very edgy, very envelope pushing. And in a lot of ways, that means that you're constantly stretching audiences and donors as well. And they don't get comfortable like they do in traditional arts communities of, you know, I'm going to fund this organization because it's a stalwart and very reliable and steadfast. We're constantly doing new things. And that requires people to think like, oh, like investors or um, almost uh, the term I'm looking for. Oh, venture capitalists for the arts, where they have to be willing to take a risk with their funding and their dollars on something that's new and something that's challenging and different. That seems like that's a, that's a tricky dance to have in terms of that puts a pressure on you to create things that are challenging, but sometimes by doing things that are novel or challenging, you can offend or uh, uh, distance the audience. It is a very delicate line to walk, but I think it's the kind of thing that uh, we as arts leaders have to be constantly comfortable with being uncomfortable. We have to be willing to take risks knowing that it may challenge our audiences, it may challenge our funders, it may challenge us too, but that's what makes it exciting and fun. How, how did you first get uh, interested in, in, in the arts and the music and, and think about this is, you know, like you said, you, you, you are not a musician, but you are uh, leading a, an organization, an arts organization, and led other arts organizations. How did you decide to take your administrative skills and put that towards the arts? Why not be the CEO of a giant corporation? It was purely by accident. I worked in politics for a while, and then I worked in social services in the nonprofit sector. And I got a call one day from the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis. They wanted me to come and interview for a job. And went there and fell in love with the people and the organization and made the switch to theater. And from there, because I love theater and dance and music and just about every other kind of art, I've continually, continually explored in my career different arts as well. And it's always interesting, different, and, and fun. Peter Bellata is the executive director for Chamber of Music Northwest. Um, thank you so much for coming in today.
The nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corp that holds to a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, and ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.